0: What's a god? They're real if you believe in them. So who are you? You wouldn't believe in me if I told you. This is my man, Shadow Moon. He does not know out of the world. I'm easing him in.
1: You've gotten yourself mixed up in some really weird shit, Shadow. You think I'm spent?
0: You're as forgotten, as unloved as any of us.
1: I'm doing just fine.
0: You trying to start a war? We're at war already and we're losing. Who's after you?
1: Times, they are changing.
0: We need you to fight them, to show them who we are.
1: They are gods, for God's sake!
0: So what's the plan? War. Deliver Deliver me. Deliver me. None of this feels real. It feels like a dream.
1: And things are never going back to the way that they were.
0: It will be glorious win or lose. They deliver me to
2: So hi, welcome to Mindless Drivel on American Gods. Um at least that's what we're covering in this one. And uh, slowly moving along, we're, we're doing uh, a Season 1, Episode 2, The Secret of Spoons. And once again, I am joined by Aaron Henley. Thank you for coming on, sir. Welcome. Hello. <laughs> there he is. And uh, also known as Technical Boy, for reasons that hopefully I can make uh, apparent in my post-production work. <laughs> um, so we had some interesting... Uh, yeah. Well, technical difficulties, I guess you would say, kids, while we were trying to start this podcast, and, uh, like, the first time I actually connected to Aaron, he he sounded like a digital creature. I don't know how how else to explain it, but he was all robot-y, and we'll be inserting that clip probably right about here. And, um, yeah, he sounded like that, and, um... I was a little freaked out because technical boy is a thing in this show. And and, and also, is reality really what you're seeing is a thing in this show? I love getting caught up in my shows. So I had a little shadow moon moment there. And, you know, it was like, is what I'm experiencing here really what's going on? Or am I asleep somewhere? (laughs) So... So I'm here with technical boy tonight. We got a lot to talk about in this one. <laughs> yes, we do, and uh, and we originally had uh, lofty hopes of maybe doing two episodes, but uh, you know, try to catch up to a show that's already wrapped for the season. Who cares, right? But um, there's just so dense. I was like writing this, and yeah, my my Walking Dead ones are usually about nine pages at the larger font that I use, and this one managed to get to eleven. So it's just like ooh, wow, and. Uh, <laughs> So pretty dense stuff, but you just don't want to leave too many details out of these recaps because it just, uh, I don't know, there's just so many details in the, the actual episode. I mean, I, I, it's been a while since I saw this one um, because I've been following the series all along and, you know, I went back and watched it and it just, I, I actually thought some of the scenes in this one happened later on. I had forgotten and it's just like, wow, they just, they stuffed that in here too. It's just amazing. Mm-hmm. and it's it's doable if you're if you're a talented editor and director so it's they're, they're breaking out their a game for this show to be sure yeah. most definitely now have you uh, got to see the uh the whole series yet have you watched no it? no
3: no i i decided i'm gonna wait and finish it as we go along that way you can have a here's a first thought impression.
2: Yeah, yeah, no, good plan. That's why I always, you know, I, I usually, proc- I'd, I'd like to say I plan to write the uh, the recaps right up to the last minute until the show starts, but really it's just my procrastination, so I ain't going to front. Um, oh, I, but that's the way it works out, and it's kind of nice, because, yeah, it's written fresh <laughs> in my brain pan. So. Uh,
3: let, let me tell you about the time when I came up with a synopsis while I was doing the show. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Well, see, if I did that, I I almost wish I could train myself to do that, Uh, Um, because I actually pause a lot and rewind, and and I should probably just, like, go completely stream of consciousness, and they'd probably be about six pages less, and I would learn to bullet point better, but... Well, we could always cheat and just get the wiki synopsis. Nah, nah, I don't know. (laughs) Yeah, sometimes I do. And <laughs> At some of my other shows, sometimes I get lazy. But even when I do that, I, I actually cut and paste the thing and then do my own little additions or subtractions. So, you know, because it just, you know, makes more sense to me to be able, if I'm going to attempt humor, which I, warning folks, apparently I do occasionally. Don't know if it works or not. Don't really care. I'm not doing this for y'all. But um <laughs> <laughs> makes they me laugh. The and hopefully it'll make you laugh. Uh, that's pretty much my, my entire goal is making myself laugh. And if if some other silly fool laughs with me, then all the better. But, um, yeah, I like to add my own little flourishes, let's say, in, in the recap. So that's, that's why cool. I put in the work because, you know, it's, it's for you and me. I don't
3: know. Well, I, I have to admit to my failure, I did not come up with a joke involving a hammer, the devil, and dinosaurs.
2: It's, you know, there's not a lot of open doors in this one that don't get kind of creepy and weird and dark, so uh, <laughs> I'm happy to take that bullet and, and be the one, you know, who has to go to the dark places, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> and risk oh. risk the hate mail that I've always wanted to get for one of my shows, but no one will even bother to do that for me. Um, MindlessDrivel at Yahoo.com, if you would like to ever chime in. Uh, yeah, we're tired of getting the, awesome. you know, the uh, offers from Nigeria. And and, the spend, you know. Yeah, no, the, the Nigerian <sighs> stuff has ended. It's back to, like, you know, I don't know, illegal pharmaceuticals and and. Yeah, their financial schemes That They realize the Nigeria one Has played itself out And they're coming up with more creative stuff Um, actually a lot of it's from Like, you know Places where we're fighting Al-Qaeda And shit, so I'm always glad to have that In my inbox, thanks guys So yeah, mm-hmm. I don't click on any of those Unless the NSA Comes calling <laughs> so.
3: and They'll come calling Anyway, if they ever found out What was on my hard drive's
2: Okay, okay, well, maybe we'll clip that out for you for a fee. Uh, We'll talk after the podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Nothing illegal, just... uh it doesn't matter anymore. It's just the no. uh, the appearance of illegality that can, can get you in a whole bunch of trouble these days. <laughs> oh, tell
3: me about it, man. We, <laughs> you try to do some Google searches for some podcast research, and all of a sudden you will get the NSA knocking on your door.
2: I know, right? Yeah. yeah. yeah no doubt. I'll ask Pete Townsend. No, let's not even go there. So the episode opens with one of our uh, Coming to America vignettes. And it's 1697 this time, and we, we cut to a close-up of a colorful spider, not Peter It Which Parker. freaked me out. Yeah, well, I, I'm not a big fan. Of, other than our friend from Queens who, you know, beats up the bad guys, not a fan of spiders at all. Um, <laughs> but that would be a good segue now. Uh, and we're on a slave ship, um, where we're not the uh, the characters are. One of them uh, men who are in shackles in the cargo hold starts calling out to Anansi the african uh, spider trickster god and he apologizes to the god that he cannot do the usual rituals or make the proper offerings to summon him and our little spider friend crawls closer and the man pleads for release from his bondage and he will earn the god's favor you know when he's free you know he, he promises all these things and he also pleads that he doesn't know where his mother is Well, suddenly the spider has become a modernly-dressed Orlando Jones, who gives the men the story of their future, which, of course, is a long tale of oppression. And uh, we do have a clip of it. We'll put some of it here. But, um, you know, words for me really can't do justice to how awesome Jones delivers this monologue, and it's just... uh, yeah, hopefully you've seen the show if you're following this podcast. But it's yeah,
3: it's 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 a good idea to watch the episode, then watch the then listen to this show. Mm-hmm.
2: But this is just and you can't even find the whole thing online, unfortunately. Um, or I would have played the entire thing. It's probably a good five minute scene.
3: Oh yeah, um, and I love I love that zoot suit he's wearing. It's oh,
2: just yeah, it's just he's and he. You know all the colors of the spider we just saw, so that's you know, and a purple fucking shirt, and uh, <laughs> um, yeah, it's just some of the one of the best TV monologues I've like seen, period.
1: Let me paint a picture of what's waiting for you on the shore. You arrive in America, land of opportunity, milk and honey, and guess what? You all get to be slaves split up, sold off, and worked to death. The lucky ones get Sunday off to sleep and fuck and make most slaves and all for what? For cotton, indigo, for a fucking purple shirt. The only good news is the tobacco your grandkids are gonna farm for free. is gonna give a shitload of these white motherfuckers cancer. And I ain't even started yet. A hundred years later, you're fucked. A hundred years after that, fucked. A hundred years after you get free, you still getting fucked out of job and shot at by police. You see what I'm saying? This guy gets it. I like him. He's getting angry. Angry is good. Angry gets shit done. You shed tears for Kumpi and Lanzi, and here he is telling you. You are staring down the barrel. Of 300 years of subjugation, racist bullshit, and heart disease, he, he is telling you there is one goddamn reason you shouldn't go up there right now. And slit the throats of every last one of
0: these Dutch motherfuckers and set fire to this ship.
1: Let. The motherfucker!
0: Burn! Burn. Let it all! Burn!
2: It's it's got some political references that are intentionally heavy-handed. Um... And uh, long story short, Mr. Nancy talks the slaves into revolting by killing the masters and burning the very ship that they are on, no doubt providing the trickster god with a powerful blood sacrifice. So, Because sacrifice. it
3: ends with a little bit of wreckage landing on America's shores with a little spider on it.
2: Just before the, the, the slaves go on to revolt. Um, Kind of his last line, his head turns into a giant version of the colored spider, and you know, that just sent me into a corner, into a fetal position for several hours, and, and I had to phone my therapist. But it was excellently shot, so thank you, yes. Brian Fuller, for, for that nightmare feel.
3: Now, I mainly knew Orlando Jones from the Mad TV series, so yeah. see, and, seeing him in this big dramatic role was a big switch for me, but
2: he nailed it yeah and he actually he practically begged the producers to let him on the show he's, he's been such a fan of the album or the album the novel um I would love to hear American Gods the album though um the, yeah the novel I guess he's been such a huge fan of it for years that he basically kind of petitioned you know uh to, to Brian Fuller and, and Neil Gaiman to please please let me be on this show you know and uh they, they made a good choice in, in letting him
3: Yep, yeah. and he got
2: to play, a, you know, the original Spider-Man, so... Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, going way back. Old OG Spider-Man, as they would say, yep. Um, yeah, and it's just... They didn't really have this scene like it is in the show, in the book. Um, in fact, I don't think he really even shows up until... The place on the rock there, the home on the rock, but getting ahead of ourselves, but um, mm-hmm. yeah, I like how they're expanding certain characters like this, and we do get to see them later in the season, too.
3: And and speaking of, um, you know, seeing characters later, do we ever find out who was responsible for turning that Viking into a pincushion?
2: No, not really. I guess we are just meant to believe that, uh, you know, the people that were here before the Vikings. Okay.
3: I, I was I'm just like, do we ever find that out because... Okay.
2: (laughs) Yeah, I don't know if we will in the show. Maybe because who knows? Um, You know, given that they were Norse, you know, Vikings. Maybe maybe it was, uh, uh, you know, uh, one of Odin's uh, wayward sons in the woods shooting arrows. Who knows? Okay, that that's that's just been bugging me for
3: the past few days. Oh, back to
2: the synopsis. Uh, And his head turns into a spider therapy. Chains are broken, torches lit, yes, and then on the beach we get our our little spider guy crawling to shore. And we get back to a quick scene of shadow hanging from last episode and the ballet of blood around him in the water, and because Brian Fuller's like, I need a bloody, artful scene, you know, I am just not Brian Fuller. And uh, later he's being stapled up in the ER and, you know, asked about, like, oh, you know, we have to call the cops if you were shot at. And he's like, well, then I wasn't shot at. Uh, no, technically he was, was not shot at. No, it's just, just hung, but I guess the cops don't care about that. Okay.
3: Beaten, beaten <laughs> with a to a bloody pulp and you know lynched
2: but not not shot at no i can understand you know shadow at this point is like he he knows that something seriously bizarre is going on he, he doesn't trust his own sentences at this point and you know he, he's just like I, I i definitely was hung i i really don't know about everything else that happened because it was bonkers <laughs> Uh, but yes, he's a bit pissed, and so he goes and confronts Wednesday, who Wednesday thinks he's uh, talking about the lovely lass that uh, he has in his bed, and um, he's clearly deflecting a bit because uh, I think he knows what Shadow's pissed about, uh. and he's understandably on the Shadow is understandably on the edge of his stori- hysteria, and relates the tale of the technical boy encounter, who who, who calls him a little asshole. Uh, Wednesday does, and and says that they don't have a fucking clue. Uh, Shadow says he would like a fucking clue. Can't blame him. Nope, nope. And, well, uh,
3: we, we would, we would like the one as well. <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah, kind of. At this point, if, if you never, if you don't know this material, I imagine the audience is a little uh, jaw on the floor at this point. Yeah. Uh, Wednesday offers him more money instead, but assures him that just because he doesn't seem angry, it doesn't mean he doesn't have a plan for retribution. And so Shadow takes a bath uh, to ease his beat to shit body and goes to bed to another bizarre dream, or actually a more mundane dream, because this time it's Laura, who, and he tells her that they said she died, and she says, who says that I died, puppy? And uh, Shadow then awakens to his grim reality and cries. And he he gives his old house a long look and goes in and uh, sees the setup for his homecoming party. And he imagines Laura there and indulges in a little, you know, memory, memory trail. But then snaps back to reality and sets about packing up the house. And he opens the box of Laura's things from the medical examiner and takes her wedding ring and looks through her phone. Which was probably not the best call because there is a picture of Robbie's respectable dick in all of its glory in a text conversation. Uh, And almost out of anger, Shadow, like, scrubs the floor until his fingers bleed.
3: Oh,
4: yeah.
2: Yeah. Um, So this particular episode definitely met the uh, boob and um, dick and other things uh, quota for Probably the entire series for American <laughs> Gods, but it didn't stop them from throwing more at us. But yeah, again, oh, we like, haven't gotten to the good parts yet. <laughs> no, yeah, again, it's like Game of Thrones, you know, is like we've got the sexiest scenes on TV, and American Gods is like, hold my beer and watch this.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I will raise you, sir. Mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> So Wednesday is waiting for him as the moving van rolls away. Um, and he asks Shadow if he'll miss it near the town, and Shadow says he won't, as it was never kind of really his town, but Laura's. Which makes me wonder where that moving truck is going. I just assumed. Yeah, I, I didn't really think about it the first time I watched it, but I yeah, I did this time, and I'm, I guess my brain just went. He's like probably just sending it all to a, like a storage locker or something. Or because that yeah, it's not like he really has an address he's going to. He's just roaming yeah. with with Wednesday. Was he just like follow this car? I don't think a moving company is really going to be down with that.
3: <laughs> yeah, he, he 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 scrubbed the house like he was like you know someone would. He's planning on selling the place, mm-hmm. empties it, and then we see the moving truck just drive down the street.
2: Yeah, maybe just mm-hmm. gave it away. He's like okay. Gonna- I'm a hobo now. Me and Mr. Wednesday are hobos. Don't need any more possessions. It
3: wasn't even a for sale sign in the yard, you know? It was just, okay
2: then. Yeah. Just, I guess you can just abandon stuff like that. I've I've abandoned stuff. uh, Entire marriage, actually. Um, (laughs) And a lot of furniture. (laughs) Uh, Wednesday warns him that he's about to give him some advice that might anger him, so he hopes he doesn't get punched. But he, uh, kind of rightfully reminds Shadow, uh, that he only should be required to grieve so long for a wife who died with his best friend's cock in her mouth. Can't really argue with that one. Thanks for warning me. Yep, thanks for warning (laughs) me. Yeah, it's probably a good idea. You saw what happened to Mad Mooney. Mad Mad Mooney? Not Mad Mooney. Mad Mad Sweeney. Sweeney. Mooney's that other franchise. (laughs) Mad-Eyed Moody, right? Moody. Harry Potter stuff. Got it. All right. Get this one across. No. It's good stuff, man. So Wednesday smiles to himself and we hit the road to some Creedence Clearwater Revival, always a good tune for driving. <laughs> They asked him why he chose coin tricks and, and ordered Shadow not to take the highways. Oh, oh, you forgot a part. What's that?
3: And we see Mr. Wednesday pick up a dandelion.
2: Oh, yeah. Yeah. And, That's
3: important. You don't yeah, think it's important, but it's important.
2: It no, you're right. You're right. Um, it's, it's actually, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and as the driving, he, he blows on it, and the, uh, the seedlings fly up into the air, and get some great Brian Fuller slow motion electrical effects in the uh, in the clouds. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Electrical effects. Stop <laughs> it. Stop it. <laughs> make me edit your spoilers, Aaron. I'm
3: not spoiling nothing. <laughs> I know.
2: Well, it's, if if you don't get like who a couple people are by the end of this episode, you're not paying attention at all, and you've forgotten what Google is.
3: Exactly. <laughs> yeah. And,
2: I mean, the book's been out what a decade. Yeah, so yeah, well, so no shit, like twenty years.
3: Okay, even more. So
2: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not really spoiling anything. Uh, no, no, no. But you know me, I have a process, man. Respect the process. Okay. Okay. <laughs> understand. I understand. Wednesday's kind of a yeah. Which I I, I I'm down with this because I don't like to take highways either. It's boring. You've seen one, you've seen them all. Yep,
3: yeah, I, I do have one little caveat with that scene though mm-hmm. I've driven down country roads like that you don't do 70 on those roads if you want to stay on them
2: no not a, not a great idea unless you know the uh, the terrain pretty well um, even then it's that that kind of gravel road the most you do is 45 well, I,
3: you
2: know. <laughs> I, I, I've heard some people lived up in the North Country may have driven on some roads like that at around seventy miles an hour, but I can't confirm or deny anything.
3: Well, it started with well, that's the just let's just ask the founders of NASCAR that that'll that'll
2: settle it. <laughs> <laughs> I knew the terrain, or my friend knew the terrain, something like that. Uh, yeah, don't try it at home, though, kids. Very important. No. Um, we don't want any lawsuits Uh, I got no money (laughs) So, uh, well he's being Wednesday's being cryptic as usual And Shadow asks what the plan is But he says the first stop is Chicago To get his hammer uh, Wednesday tells Shadow he has a meeting at uh, diner that they stop in, and he sends him shopping for some things to bring to their destination in Chicago. Rolling past the TVs and the big box store he's shopping in, suddenly Lucille Ball Ricardo starts talking to him um, from one of the TV screens, and uh, an episode of I Love Lucy, presumably. And he, he tries to unplug the sets, because he believes he's probably going nuts, yeah, but she's still on screen, and she gives us a bit of exposition about how she is basically the media, or the goddess media, um, which is, you know, a thing all its own, because viewers mindlessly watching television is apparently a better sacrifice than even Lamb's Blood.
3: Well, think about how many people would do,
2: do that. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's why I love the premise of this book, you know, in general. Oh. that It's like, yeah, but... Get enough people to believe in you, you're, you're a god. <laughs> you
3: know, if that's true, then Princess Leia is a goddess.
2: It, it gets complicated after a while, <laughs> yeah. It's, uh, <laughs> it's a long thread you can pull, because, yeah, we, we all worship all kinds of things. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'd, I'd have a fucking, you know... Uh, Scientologists are right. They are worshipping L. Ron Hubbard. Maybe, yeah. Um, and, and you said I, I worship Carrie Fisher and 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 just scores upon scores of goddesses over the years. So,
3: okay, I want to see the comic book god, <laughs> he, and he probably looks like the comic book guy from Simpsons.
2: Mm-hmm. Well, you know,
3: uh, yeah. Oh wait, He's never mind. That's probably probably it's Jack there. Kirby. Never mind.
2: <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> it is Jack Kirby. Uh, uh, I, I still maintain that there was there was a Kirby nod over on Preacher the other day, but I, I couldn't get any of my my guests my co-host to agree with me.
3: I'll agree with
2: you. Okay, cool. I've never
3: <laughs> seen it, but I'll agree with you.
2: <laughs> this is where my twisted brain went to because yeah, I knew Kirby was God and Marvel and and uh, yeah, not that Garth Ennis ever. Well, he actually did do some stuff over at Marvel, but not Fantastic Four, but you know, Kirby's Kirby, he's he's oh, yeah. He's god of DC or Marvel, so, you know, use him as you will. Yeah, more Marvel than DC, but, eh, you know, opinions vary, yeah, I mean, he was more of a girl to Marvel being created as an entity, but he did a lot of great work over at DC.
3: Fourth world, yep. mm-hmm.
2: yeah.
3: <laughs> oh, tangent, I did not know Mr. Miracle was uh, High Father's son. Until like two days ago. I'm like, yeah. oh, that's who the baby that got drained Dark Side was.
2: Yeah, no, I learned that in the uh, 1987 Ha Justice League era. There's a lot of good Mr. Miracle stuff.
3: Ah, and for more information, check out the Brahaha podcast on the Fire and Water Network.
2: Sure, absolutely. I'd actually love to get on that because I've got all those issues now. I have to email and beg those guys. Um,.
3: Yeah, uh, from what I hear from uh, different shows, it sounds like Shag's got that pretty well booked.
2: Oh, probably, but, you know, he's been on stuff I've done, so I can trade up some uh, some favors here, maybe. I think he's been on stuff I've done. Now yeah, just say, hey, let's talk Firestorm. That'll, that'll get him on the show. All right, we'll just get him on Weekly Heroics when we start doing uh, Legends, and we'll trade off that one. Oh, there you go. I was in, uh, like peripheral of radio sales. I know how to wheel and deal. <laughs>
3: so, so, so let's get back to back I love to Lucy. Lucy.
2: Yes. Um, so she does. Yeah, she gives us uh, the media god exposition, and she wants to offer Shadow a job, mainly to pull him away from Wednesday. And she apologizes to you uh, for technical boys' actions and applauds uh, Shadow for wrecking his minions so uh, effectively. Even though uh, we don't know whether it was actually Shadow that did it or not,
3: and considering he was tied to a tree at the time, probably
2: I'd not. Say not. Yeah, going to go out on a limb here and, and say.
3: <laughs> <no>. <laughs> I see what you did there.
2: Uh, I'm in trouble for that one. If not on this planet, in the next. Um... <laughs> Shadow tells her he doesn't want to work for I Love Lucy, Uh, but she tries to sweeten the pot by offering to show him Lucy's tits, which I kind of wish we'd gotten to see, but we already had the boob quota. But technically,
3: it wouldn't be Lucy's, it'd be Scully's, but that's a whole other
2: deal. Well, at this point, I would rather see Scully's than Lucy's, but Scully playing Lucy or Marilyn or anyone else in the show, sure. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, oh. Complaints about my sexism can be emailed to mindlessdrivel at yahoo.com. <laughs> uh, yeah, but he's unmoved at the prospect of Lucy's tits. Uh, Shadow is clearly shaken up over this. New wrinkle in his reality, though, or just, you know, piling on his his madness, basically, at this point. And he heads back to the diner. As he enters, a fiery-eyed man brushes past him, presumably who Wednesday needed to meet with. And you should probably file that one away for future episodes, kids. Yeah, I, I
3: was like, <laughs> well, that's who that guy was. Okay. <laughs> yeah.
2: yeah. Shadow immediately starts freaking out to Wednesday, expressing that he thinks he's losing his mind, and Wednesday just asks him when he'll know for sure. I think I'm losing my mind. Well, what will you know for sure? No, 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 I've heard a guy's losing it when they get out. Are you trying to
0: wiggle your way out of this job? Lucy. I love Lucy. Talk to me. Well, the television program. No, oh, Lucy herself. can. Okay crazy. Well, like the rest of your life is saying. Lucy talking to me from the TV is weird by several orders of magnitude than anything that's ever happened to me. So far. our oh, times the universe does seem to have singled you out for unique abuse. In these moments, you've got to ask yourself, would I rather be ignored? Yes. Okay, yes, ignore me. Always better dead than forgotten, and no one is ever going to forget you. Now, flapping as that may be, this on top of your other adventures. Huh. Sudden onset of strange. Fair cost for consternation, unless strange is a new language, and what we're doing here is vocabulary building.
3: The thing is, Wednesday gives Shadow a thousand dollars, and all that stuff he bought—no way, that was a thousand dollars.
2: No, I'm assuming you brought him back some change. You know, <laughs> he, he said he wouldn't rob from him. You know, Wednesday, yeah. when he gave him the money, is even like, eh, and try not to skim more than five percent, and Shadow's just like. This was a great line, too. Shadow's just like, I'm not going to steal from you. And Wednesday's like, if you can't even take care of yourself, how are you going to take care of me? Exactly. <laughs> so, so that's, that's the boss I want to work for right there. Um, you know, despite all the supernatural, godlike stuff going on. Um, and,
3: and, you know, that's the... A
2: good perk right there when the boss expects oh. you to steal from him. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Uh. Uh, Wednesday also uh, tells Shadow there are bigger sacrifices one may be asked to make uh, than going a little mad. Mm-hmm. And it, it almost, my mind kind of almost went to an Alice in Wonderland moment. You know, the, the Mad Hatter's Tea Party on that one. Oh, yeah. Very similar. We're all a little mad here. Oh, I, I have a feeling good. We're going to get some pretty crazy
3: stuff later on.
2: Yeah. So. <laughs> like bank on it crazier than I even expected but it's moving slow as far as the book's concerned it's it's crawling but I, I'm, I'm fine with that uh, I've seen that as a criticism but I'm I'm absolutely fine with it as a book reader I, you can spend as much time as you want with these characters and bring mm-hmm. them in well hey I mean they made a a
3: 250 page book a 6 hour movie
2: yeah, yeah. so hey
3: Sure, it was a blatant cash grab, but that's a whole other story.
2: So we are back on the road, and Wednesday finds a a track phone among the things that Shadow bought, and he, he throws both that phone and Shadows out the window. I guess Wednesday's a bit of a Luddite.
3: Well, see, I thought about that.
2: Yeah.
3: And I'm thinking maybe with like cell phones, the technical boy could track them.
2: Yeah, that's exactly what I thought, and you know, Shadow doesn't know any better. He just knows somebody threw his phone out the window, but yeah, I'm sure that's Essentially, yeah, that they could, and they could pop up in a TV aisle in a freaking big box store. Then, you know, why wouldn't they be able to go through the phone? So, and yeah, that, that's,
3: and that's probably why they avoid uh, the highways too, because of all the traffic cameras.
2: Yeah, and, and of course, Wednesday's got a nice old car that probably doesn't have a, a nifty computer in it.
3: Oh, stuff, so. please! The most, be like the most advanced thing on that would be the uh, radio.
2: Yeah, because so. it's FM. Yeah.
3: Oh, and we, we got to talk about the little Fonzie moment when uh, Wednesday just taps on the radio and it turns oh, right yeah. on.
2: Okay, yeah. I don't know why my brain didn't go there. That's, that's embarrassing. Yep, that was great. And as I was just, yep, I was going to say Wednesday uses some magic charm to turn the radio on to some Bob Dylan. I can't believe my brain didn't go to Fonzie and, and yours did. That That's that's my jam.
3: Hey, that's what I'm
2: here for. Yeah. Oh, where have you been?
4: I've been out in front of a dozen dead oceans. I've been ten thousand miles in the mouth of a graveyard. And it's a hard, it's a hard, it's a hard, it's a hard,
2: it's a hard rain you're gonna fall. And the camera pans quickly upward into space. Kind of, and focuses on our lost internet dater from last episode. Who is still clearly basking in the glory of Bilquis's vagina nebula.
4: Yeah, <laughs> and,
2: uh, I, I, really, no I, other way to explain it. Um, <laughs> I don't know where he, oh, where he is, but uh, he's happy. He's very he's happy. happy. <laughs> <laughs> he's, and he's he, extremely happy. <laughs> And he's uh, apparently not dead. <laughs> no, well, you know, just, just spinning. Just, uh, yeah, just uh, fuel for for Bill Quist. But, yep, we've got not one but two erect dicks in this episode. Mark it on your calendar. That's probably a, a TV historical moment. <laughs> yeah, and aren't we lucky we got to witness it. Yeah, that was kind of a, oh, okay. okay, um, when I first saw that one. We get a montage of more of uh, Bilquis' sacrificial conquest then male and female, and she grows noticeably revitalized with each partner that she absorbs into her nether realms. And again, I'd like to ask where I sign up to be one of these sacrifices, because what a way to go. And th- there's one great scene. I know you mentioned it last episode about, you know, do you think she got a little bigger, you know, at one point? And, and this one, she definitely got bigger, or someone else got really small. But there. Yeah. There's one almost cartoony scene of, yeah, a guy was just yeah. like tiny compared to her, and she's just pushing him in. <laughs> and,
3: and the one woman who literally got sucked up.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And I'm still just like, I can't believe I'm still seeing this on a television set. But
3: So. Should we call Bilquis
2: the Sarlacc? I mean, <laughs> it's uh, yeah, but I, apparently it's it's a pleasant thousand years and, and not an agonizing one. So,
3: well, how do we know? Did anyone ever come out of that thing to say it was agonizing? <laughs>
2: the guy looked really happy. That's all I'm saying. That's about as happy as you can get as a man, really. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. If it
3: lasts sure. longer than four hours, so he really needs to seek from yeah. attention.
2: Uh, your erection lasts longer than four hundred years. Um. <laughs>
3: Okay, let's let's go back to Belgrade. Let's
2: get off this train. Yeah. <laughs> but it's just such a bizarro and fun train to be on. Um, yeah, and as I said, even though we saw it last episode, I'm still just like, I can't believe they're doing this. I can't believe it. I'm actually seeing this on a portrayed on a screen somewhere. What a great time to be alive. <laughs> <laughs> Uh so at the end of the montage, we get a shot of a statue, presumably of her, that she keeps in her home. And no, strange... she went
3: to a museum, I think.
2: Oh, was it?
3: Yeah, know. it was a museum.
2: Okay. I thought it was in her home, because, well, yeah, this is a little confusing to me, because um, then we we see a, a shot of a strange glass-covered sarcophagus. Yeah, no, I think you're right, Aaron, and now that I think about some future episodes, that's actually kind of confirmed, so good call, good catch. Yep. But yeah, it's a like, glass-covered sarcophagus that has uh, jewelry laying in it and is partially filling up with a naked female human shape. I'm, I'm glad you pointed that out because that makes a hell of a lot more sense now. <laughs> well,
3: as much as a na- naked female shape made out of felt filling in the jewelry can.
2: Yeah, I mean, just uh, really amazing visual effects in this all the way around.
3: Yep, I do have to give them props on the on the visual effects.
2: Yeah. Uh, but now we get to the meat of our story, pun intended. And we arrive in Chicago and meet Zori, Zariah. Oh, my God. Good um, luck. Yeah. I just watched I call
3: her the show. old lady.
2: <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. Going, I, I'm calling her Zariah Prime after this one. But it's Vetchin Naya, something like that, played amazingly by Frau Blucher herself. <laughs> Boris Eichmann, Glorious. And then we get to a scene of when they
3: You Wednesday better days. put in the horse screaming after you say, Rob Oh,
2: yeah, I've already got a clip of it. I've used another thing, so it's, it's, it's gone, definitely. <laughs> I'd be happy to help.
4: I murder you first.
0: <laughs> I think your husband might beat you to it.
4: Well, Chernobog is nobody's husband. I am nobody's wife. Relatives. We come over here together a long time ago. Family is who you survive with when you need to survive even if you do not like them.
0: Everything looks great.
4: Meat will be tough, potatoes will be soft. I'm not a good cook. When I was young, there were servants to make meals. Here, there are no servants. There's only us, and learning is beneath me.
2: Uh, we, uh, we see a scene of Wednesday's hammer, uh, Chernabog. Am I saying that right? Chernobog, yes. Okay. Chernobog, yep. Uh, played by the always great Peter Stormare. Who, if you don't know,
3: once you see him, you are like, "Oh, it's that guy."
2: Yeah, I and mean, just <laughs> everything. I mean, notably Fargo. He does, you know, a lot of Coen Brothers stuff. He was in Fargo and uh, and Big Lebowski and um, just a million things that I am not going to uh, look up right now. But.
3: Yeah, you, his IMDb page could, is a mile long.
2: Yeah, yeah. <laughs>
3: You watch a show, it's it's that, oh, it's that Russian guy. Yeah. You'll instantly see him.
2: Pretty much. And he's always great at just kind of playing these really skeevy villain types. So this now is he's, perfect for him. And now, he's probably best known as the crazy Russian guy from Armageddon. Okay, yeah. Yeah, I forgot about that.
3: Oh, come on. He was one of the best parts of that movie. Yeah, this right. is how he makes Russian space
2: station. Pow, pow, pow. It's been a few years since I watched Armageddon. Uh, you got to watch it at
3: least once a year, man. I mean,
2: it's... No. No, I don't. <laughs> Star no, Wars probably... I have to watch once a year. <laughs> so for
3: Michael Bay, that's, that's probably his crowning achievement.
2: Oh, yeah, well. I hope, he, I hope that keeps him warm at night, because I don't know if I'd be particularly proud of that as my...
3: No, that, no, that's all the achieve. that's all that's all the money he's gotten off of raping my childhood.
2: So,
3: <laughs> Peeing
0: Bumblebee.
2: Yeah, let me get started. I've even that's a, like, a guilty pleasure. I watch one of those. I've, I've watched just about all of those. I think just to cause giant robots and it, you know gotta have respect for giant robots. But the rest of it, I can do without.
3: Do you want to have respect for giant robots? Watch Pacific Rim. Yeah, yeah. Indeed. I don't care about the people except Idris Elba, but <laughs> dang, those are great giant robots!
2: Yeah, I, that's at least a seed plus for any movie that has giant robots. So you know. Oh, absolutely. Why not? Especially if I can watch it free, I will. Uh, yeah, yeah. I don't see me paying twelve bucks to go see a Transformers movie, but I'll catch it on the. Uh, a movie channel at home if I can, or a DVD. But uh, yeah, we meet Chernabog, and you know, he's uh, killing a cow with one of those pneumatic bolt guns, which he calls bullshit. We'll find <laughs> out why later. Zaria is complaining, and Wednesday uh, compliments her, and calls her beautiful, and we, it's clear she's—they've had some kind of history together. You know, uh, even even guys need to get some nookie apparently.
3: Oh, yeah, that's... <laughs> see the Greek pantheon. Yeah,
2: exactly, yeah. They're getting all kinds of nucky over there on Mount Olympus. Uh, yeah,
3: Game of Thrones had nothing on them.
2: No, that's a fact, too, yeah. That's, that's the original sexy fantasy show right there. And also probably the original redneck
3: stereotype, where your father is your brother and also your uncle. <laughs> yeah,
2: I am my own grandpa, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But you get all kind of demigod powers by doing that stuff, so I don't know. We do not advocate incest (laughs) with demigod powers on this podcast. I want to make that very clear. Um,
3: (laughs) Unless you uh, grew up on an island of Amazons.
2: Yeah, yeah, then we can talk. (laughs) So Zariah is complaining Wednesday compliments or produces presents for her and her sisters and and her Zariah Primes is a bottle of vodka. Which she takes a very respectable tug off. I think she actually finishes it. Now she, she gives a good gulp though. She's hard drinking woman apparently from the old country.
3: Well, when you're trying to be a really good Russian cook, you need as much alcohol as you can you gotta get. Got to
2: add the vodka. Yeah. <laughs> so she calls to her other sister, Zoya, Zarya, Utrinya, Sure, why not? Apologies. To anyone of eastern european Rachel,
3: descent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Rita, yeah,
2: yeah. there we go that sounds better
3: <laughs> i'm trying to go Beatles. I'm- <laughs> tonight.
2: <laughs> so she says to send her back to the store to get more food just say like, oh, i wish you were coming yeah i knew you were coming now i have to send i get more food Wednesday gives her the gift of romance novels, the second sister. And we learn that, the, uh, which is the funny little thing, she looks at as she's meeting Shadow, and, like, Shadow's basically one of the guys on one of her romance novels. <laughs> so that was a funny little thing. And we learn that the third sister is still sleeping. Note that one for later, kids. Uh, she Shadow, works nights. Yeah, she works nights. she got a bear to tend to. Um... Shadow watches all this with a distant interest, I would say, and Shadow is told that he can't help out, he offers, but he's, you know, because he's a guest. And then when he finishes his coffee, uh, she'll read his fortune. This is Zariah Prime, because her sisters are worse, so they want, you know, he wants her fortune. Shadow goes to make himself at home and runs into Chernabog, who is covered in sweat, blood, and smoke. Man smokes more than I do, and that's no small feat. Uh, Wednesday, who he calls Wotan... Or Votan offers mm. his gifts. Google kids, you want to end the mystery? Uh, he offers his gifts, but uh, he gets them, which is one of them is a carton of cigarettes, of course. Uh, but he gets a lamp thrown at him, and Chernabog says he wants him to leave. But Zariah Prime reminds him that she cannot uninvite them. You know, she has invited them, cannot uninvite.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Again, I just cannot do justice to the dialogue in this show. When Cloris Leachman and Ricky Whittle Shadow are are talking, it's just some awesome stuff. She's just mesmerizing with, like, every line she utters. Um, This feels very close to the book, this whole sequence, I might add, too. And uh, when he finishes the coffee, the second Zariah takes his cup and shows uh, the first Zariah the grounds. And Zariah Prime says that the one thing you never want to hear from a fortune teller, you'll have a long life and a long and happy life with many children. And and Shadow, of course, laughs and asks, that bad, huh? Any good news? And Zariah Prime has a grim, uncomfortable look on her face, and she basically says, well, you know, your mom died of cancer. You won't die of cancer. Uh, Foreshadow much?
3: (laughs) I don't know.
2: (laughs) I I don't know either. Well, I I might, but... uh, we don't know yet. And uh, in the diet, but that's never a good sign, right?
3: No. You won't no.
2: die of cancer. <laughs> yeah.
3: That, yeah. At, le- at least you won't die of cancer. That,
2: yeah. that is good. Let's get that going for him. <laughs>
3: what was that stuff? Was that caviar or something? I couldn't figure out what they were reading.
2: Oh, no. It was this coffee grounds in the bottom of this cup that they, uh, which that oh. was really not a very effectively made cup of coffee, I might add. I would have probably thrown up if I'd gotten that many grounds in my coffee but whatever.
3: It's Corus Leachman, man. You shut up and you drink it.
2: Yeah, sure. Absolutely. Uh, that woman would scare me. good. <laughs> <Fra Bluka. laughs> so in the dining room, Shirinabag is telling Voten that he wants him or out or he'll break his man in half and then choke him with his heart. Choke you with his heart or something pleasant like that and we find out that Wednesday and him have Uh, quite of a history that Wednesday apparently has brought trouble to his door before or recruited him for other shenanigans Um, and Wednesday agrees to leave but Peter Stormare insists that you know you must stay for the meal now or Zariah will be insulted but after that I will hold open the door for you Chernabog addresses Shadow and gets some exposition about his brother and their journey to the new world and how uh, his brother you know it's actually the darker-skinned one, I think it was. But, you know, so they assume that he's the dark one. Or, no, actually, Peter Stormare is the darker one, but... They yeah, assume
3: he was the good one. Well, yeah. where is he now?
2: Yeah, yeah. But he, he concedes that they're both, you know, gray now. You know, not one is not light and one is not dark, so now no one can tell which is which because they're both gray. Uh, so he tells us about his job in the slaughterhouse, and he, how it used to take skill to kill a cow with a with a big sledgehammer, but uh, now the machines do most of the work, and you have to kill them quick because angry meat tastes bad, apparently.
4: It does. So I got a job on killing Floor as a knocker. It's a good job. yes, skilled labor. A cow comes up the ramp, boom, 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 and you take a sledgehammer and boom. You knock the cow dead. It takes strength. No cow-killing stories during dinner. How do you think meat gets on your plate? Huh? It takes strength. But not only strength, it takes talent because it's a craft. You have to do it right, but the cow gets angry. And angry meat tastes bad. Yeah, you need arms to break the skull. That's not the goal. The goal is to crush the brain inside the skull. And quick, before the pain can travel from outside the brain to the inside, so the brain never knows the brain is crushing. To give a good death is art. But nowadays they have this bolt gun, you know? Put it on the forehead. Yeah. Now every monkey with a thumb can kill. (laughs) They sit there all day, all night.
2: Yeah. So much for killing. I did not know if that was a scientific thing or just no, a pathology it, thing. No, it's
3: true. Once uh yeah. if, a, if a cow is uh, startled or fear, all the uh, adrenaline
2: makes yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
3: the meat taste bad.
2: Makes sense. Yep.
3: Yeah. My mom worked grew up on a farm, so...
2: Cool, cool. She's told
3: me stories.
2: (laughs) Nope, it sounded legit. Um, Makes makes sense, definitely.
3: You have to mush the brain before the brain knows it's being mushed.
2: mushed, Yes. (laughs) (laughs) This is how I want to go out, man. I don't want to know it all. Someone mushed my brain. Uh, We read comic books. Some would say they already are. (laughs) Yeah. Graphic novels, man. Oh, you're one of (laughs) them. Actually, Honeywell did that to me the other day. At Garage Show, he picked up a a graphic novel, and I'm like, oh, a comic. It's like, it's a graphic novel, man. I'm like, fuck you. (laughs) (laughs) So long story short, uh, Chernabog challenges Shadow to a game of checkers, and uh, he shows Shadow his hammer. No, not the Captain Hammer hammer. Uh, And Shadow sees a vision of blood pouring out of it.
3: Yeah, this makes the Captain Hammer hammer stupid. This thing is a.
2: The plus one sledgehammer of crushing.
3: Yeah, I think, think like the,
2: <laughs> the big mallet. Plus three. <laughs> oh, sorry, go. Sorry. No, the, no. no.
3: Yeah, if terms. you think like the big sledgehammers that you see at the Ring the Bell contest yeah, at, the, yeah. at the county fair, like that. Yeah. Only functional.
2: Yeah, and probably weighing 50 pounds more. Yeah. It's a pretty scary-looking thing, especially with blood pouring out of it. That kind of adds another level.
3: Oh, and, yeah, as he's talking about that, that is just, you have blood keeps it clean. It feeds it.
2: Yep. Brian, Brian Fuller loves his blood effects, man. It's probably one of the higher blood budgets on TV, and that's including The Walking Dead.
3: Well, all that was CGI blood, so. Yeah,
2: yeah. Well, it can't be cheap either, though, you know. No, no, it
3: can't
2: be. Easier to clean off. Uh, so, Chernabog makes him a wager. you yeah.
4: <laughs> a Hey, we make a wager on a little game, huh? You relax. This is not your game, okay? You see, your master wants me to come with him to deal with his nonsense. <laughs> well, listen, if I lose, I will go with Votan and do what he asks, and I will nod in front of the others. And if you win? I get to knock your brains out with my hammer.
2: But just one blow, at sunrise, sunrise sacrifice. Uh, Wednesday doesn't counsel him really one way or another. He tells him, you don't have to do this. And Shadow's like, well, how bad do you need him? And Shadow's probably kind of still under the assumption that all oh, this is some freaking delusion or dream. So he agrees to it. He's like, you know what? Screw it. If I live in a world where TVs talk to me and there's this underworld going on that no one else can see, fuck it. Yeah, I'll, I'll play checkers for my skull because some god of death wants to crush me yeah uh, i mean uh, <laughs> why not i i've already beat down a leprechaun so <laughs> yeah been hung by a computer program <laughs> so yeah let's, let's play checkers of the crazy meat guy uh, <laughs> and he loses of course and charnabog <laughs> is just overjoyed and starts singing the song of the secret of the spoons the time of Shadow's execution is set and he's told that it's a shame because he's Chernabog's only black friend. <laughs> um, yeah. That, that's episode two, kids. A lot of stuff in here. Yeah, um, And
3: it ends the same way episode one did. Shadow just about died. Ready to die.
2: <laughs> mm-hmm. Appears so, yes. He's not having any, but he won't die of cancer. Uh, I think <laughs> I'm not sure if a large hammer is better or worse than that, but
3: um, uh, instantaneously, I'd I go with the hammer.
2: Only if he makes that one blow count, as what we we'll Well, <laughs> he takes pride in his art, so yes. he, he, he'd do it right. Yep.
3: Plus, a human skull's a little thinner than a cow.
2: <laughs> I would think so, yeah. Um, never really want to test that theory. No, no, no. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, but, wow, man, yeah, rewatching these, it's just like, there's so much in these, and there's just so slowly going through the book. It's it's crazy, um, but I love it. As I said, there's been a lot of some criticism about the pacing of this, but all these actors are just killing it so hard. I just want to spend as much time as I can with all of them. <laughs> so, I can just watch the Cloris Leachman and Wednesday flirting with each other show, you know, or of course we leachman cooking dinner show. I don't care.
3: Or I mean that, that, whole scene at the Sam's club with the, you know, media or Lucy, whatever you want to call her. Yeah.
2: I mean, I, I definitely want to see a, every single I love Lucy episode remade with uh, Jillian in, in <laughs> the lead uh, in color and, and preferably topless. <laughs> well, <laughs> one
3: thing I noticed when that scene started is all the different images of like news people and cartoon people and whatever. Everyone, single face, is staring right at Shadow. Mm-hmm. So,
2: yeah, nice touch too. And it's just, uh, yeah, it's crazy. And she even flashes from, uh, you know, she goes from black and white to color briefly. Yep. And, and back oh, again.
3: And speaking as a guy who worked in the electronics department selling TVs, unplugging one HDMI cable does not shut them all off.
2: <laughs> no. Yeah I, yeah. I was a little taken aback <laughs> by that one too. But you know, economy it, it, it of storytelling to to make your point, I guess. But
1: yeah,
3: that that was just if you had told me that you know Scully, Jillian Anderson was you know. Yeah. See, I never watched X-Files, so I didn't really know much about her acting, but mm. I'm like, okay, sold.
2: Yeah, I mean, she's fantastic. Well, she was in uh, Brian Fuller's other thing, Hannibal, too, mm. and then she killed it in that. And I, I didn't. I watched some X-Files. I didn't watch uh, more than, like, I think you got to two or three, third, second or third season, maybe. Well,
3: yeah. see, I was... I was growing up when X Files was on, and my parents wouldn't let me watch it. So,
2: yeah. but uh, you know, I saw enough to appreciate uh, the actress and uh, lovely woman that Gillian Anderson is. So,
3: hmm. she,
2: yeah, you know, she's killing it in this episode in this uh, this whole series. I mean, she she gets to inhabit a bunch of different uh, female celebrities from over the years. Let's put it that way, and she she rocks them all. Awesome!
3: Looking forward to
2: it. Yeah. And so just, man, I don't know, I, just the, the opening of this alone is just so friggin' powerful and, and kind yeah, be, of because tragically thing, funny, dark, well, this whole thing is, like, serious black comedy a lot of yeah, it, too. <laughs> because, <laughs> no pun intended. Mm-hmm.
3: But one other thing we need to mention with that scene is they're in, they're still in the middle of uh, the ocean, and none of the uh, slaves know how to swim. Yeah. So by doing this they are condemning themselves to die. But they're like, No, we're gonna fight.
2: So Yeah, well he it, even basically tells them that. He's like, You wanna, you know so you're gonna die anyway, you're fucked anyway, basically. It's like don't wouldn't you rather die for and make a meaningful sacrifice? And, and that's where I'm thinking that the trickster god essentially yes. tricks his tricked his own followers into dying for him, you know, or in his name, and he gathered the power from that sacrifice.
3: Yeah, because the one guy who asked about his mother, well, his mother had been thrown overboard.
2: Yeah, yeah.
3: Or or, yeah, this is, it's an interesting show. It's one of those you have to watch a few times each episode just to get all that it's telling you.
2: Yeah, it's it's dense, and as we've said before, Google helps if you want to go that route, or you want to you know wait for the big reveal. I, I I almost wish I knew less than I do about myths and and this show and everything because uh, yeah, we did well. Wait till you get to episode seven and eight, man. It's uh, some truly weird things going on. <laughs> I've heard. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah. And they, I'm they not sure how anyway. I feel
3: about some of the stuff that's coming
2: up, though. Oh wow! Well, it's uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's interesting to say the least. Uh, there's nothing about this show that isn't at least interesting. I well, have much more to say. Other than you know, as as the reader of the book, I'm still very very happy uh, mm-hmm. after this episode, and uh, very very happy with all the the portrayals in the Chicago storyline uh, just they've just probably broke the bank on a couple of these character actors but man they they, they chose well and uh, again it's it's something like Orlando Jones a lot of these actors are might have even taken a pay cut just to be in this because they are such a beloved property that people were literally like lining up to want to be cast in this so god bless them hopefully a stormer and I don't know if I see Cloris Leechman as a Gaiman reader, but more power to her if she was. Um, <laughs> but uh, she was perfect for it. And uh, we, we meet the, the third sister soon, and she's pretty perfect, too. So looking forward to covering more of this.
3: And we only slightly butchered the Russian names.
2: <laughs> no, probably pretty badly. And I apologize to any, any you know, Russian people that may be listening to this or Eastern European or, you know, I, I'm, you know, my, I'm German by descent and I would probably even screw up my own German last name if I knew what it was. <laughs> Never been great with, with the names and stuff. We'll be back soon with another American Gods. Part three. Mm-hmm. There's only eight this season, so they'll be coming out slowly, but we'll get them all for you within a year that's that's the only goal we have to meet at this point so it keeps running downhill quickly from here kids um that's for certain but it's worth the worth the ride worth the journey so from mindless drivel i'm scott mcgregor my guest here is aaron henley you can find him over on tangents abound right here on this very network
3: yep new episode coming out just a little
2: bit excellent we need to cross the streams and get me over there for some reason again.
3: <laughs>
2: well, you always have an open invite. Cool.
3: I just had to fine. figure out what I'm going to talk about.
2: <laughs> well, you have yourself a good night, Chief. <laughs> you too, Aaron. Thanks. Mindlessdrivel at Yahoo.com. Tangents abound it. Yep. See you later. Work. I love
4: the sweetest coffee. <laughs> With no sugar at all She only stirred with her spoon And it was done Now my drink is bitter The secret of spoons Or cotton When my voice breaks on this song. Remember, old oh love, come and drink pizza coffee. And drink pizza coffee.